Hello. Um, this is uh, Alyssa and um, Emma Bristow talking. Uh, um, I would say uh, what makes it fun. Uh, two things. Uh, <coughs> uh, spending time with family. And the presents, too. That's what I was about to say. Because <laughs> I saw your idea. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, um, Christmas tree. And playing out of the snow. If there is snow. Yeah, if there Hopefully. is. Yeah. Um. Hmm. Elf on the shelf. Okay. Elf on the shelf. Yeah, that. <laughs> Holly's right there. Oh, there he is. And there goes the fire alarm. Really, real, just real pleasant. I hate that thing. Okay. Okay. Um. Bye. Bye. Wait, 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 wait. Derp. Bye. Good day, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Projangers and Wallhangers, the holiday edition. I am Jim Leahy, here with... I am Chris Bristow, as always, and since it's the holiday edition, we have my little brother here. Chris Leahy. Introducing himself. So I know we usually start off with sports, so what do you think about the O-line being back for Philly? Because I know you're a Steelers fan there, Chris, so uh, we, you know, we'll, we'll excommunicate you for just for a little bit. Uh, what do I think about the O-line? You mean Lane Johnson coming back? Finally. I mean, doesn't really matter at this point. No, no, I'm kind of surprised that, uh, you know, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, And uh, that he should have served that suspension instead of fighting it the first four games. It wouldn't have made a difference. They still lost a ton of games without him in the lineup. So regardless of who they were playing, I think it was still been the same outcome in those games you know it's not like he had any bearing because after the one game Vitae turned into a decent tackle and that position really hasn't been the biggest hole in their offense no 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 now it's more wide receivers running backs it's the skill positions I mean Chris knows he, he Steelers they had a terrible offensive line for years so I mean it if you don't have a good O line, you have nothing. All right, so 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 school us on the steel curtain. Bring bring what your knowledge is of uh, of your offense and defense. I want to hear your your strong points and your weaknesses. Uh, well, right now, defense is probably the 
biggest concern with when it comes to the Steelers. They let up a lot of points, and their secondary just isn't as strong as it used to be, as like a few years back. So that's definitely a focus point that need they need to look into, especially with how deep they're going to be in the draft because they're going to be making it to the playoffs. Something you got to see of who's available. I think that they should issue that first because the offensive line hasn't been playing bad. I mean, they could do better, and they wouldn't hurt them to invest in the offensive line, especially for the future, especially if you want to prolong Big Ben's career. But well, my biggest question for the Steelers is what do you do with Le'Veon Bell? He's a free agent. Do you sign him? Is he worth that much money? They said that I read that the Steelers are really trying to get him to do a franchise tag so then they have an extra year to build up money to do a long-term contract. But I don't know how much that money is, but it's definitely got to be a substantial amount of money, and that also hurts because if – I mean, the Steelers don't really go hunting in the free agency anyway. They mainly work in the draft. That's why, and it works out because their salary cap isn't really that big because they invest in the playmakers that they have. And when it comes into them keeping their own guys, they're very selective of who they keep. I mean, they let Mike Wallace walk. They let Plaxico Burris walk in the past. I mean, they 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 value some guys over others, and I don't know if they have Le'Veon Bell that high on the list because the offense was moving without him beginning of the year with D'Angelo Williams. So Yeah, but D'Angelo Williams, how long does he really have? I wasn't saying him specifically. I was I saying, know, it was saying it was working with him, so if they pick up somebody else to put in there, will it still be as effective? It, it depends on who's behind him. Right now, I don't really know who would be able to step in. Where, where's your draft pick sit at? Where's my draft pick sit at? Yeah, for, for next year, where's your draft pick sit at? What would you go after? Uh, What would I go after? First round. First round, like I said, if there's a a solid corner or safety available, either or, I'm going to take them. Um, Second round, definitely go back to offense, offensive line. Maybe another running back you want to invest in if he's a top priority like that. If not, then third round I would go running back, especially because you don't know how long D'Angelo Williams has left or if he's gonna what he's gonna do at the end of the year, retirement wise. Maybe not. You can't be safe on that, so you got to have something as a backup if you're not really invested in Torset, which is the third back. Um, well, and like you said too, you know. Because they're going to be in the playoffs, and depending on how deep they go, they they might be deep in the draft, like you know, beer. high twenties. Beer, yeah, sure, I'll take beer. a beer. Yeah, work. Uh, they they might be high twenties, so you know, at at that point, it's best player available. You know, you're not gonna unless they decide to try to move up or somebody falls to them. I mean, they may not get the exact guy that they're looking at. Yeah, that's so. always that's always a factor when it comes to drafting, but. If it, but like for mock board or mock draft boards, I would say they should go corner or D back of some sort. Thank you, sir. I think that would be top priority. Strengthen your defense back up like it used to be. Build around that, and then when it, when the times when the time comes to replace Big Ben, focus on that. Think about that years in advance. 
Well, yeah, you have to look at that years in advance because they took Landry Jones thinking that he may be the heir apparent at some point or at least a decent backup, and he turned out to be not so great. So, I mean, that's with any team, though. you got to try to rebuild the way, however you can, when you can, whether it be free agency, draft, whatever. But you know. You're still in better situation than we are. <laughs> they always are. I mean, the Steelers are a class act franchise. I mean, I... I hate I love to hate them but I hate to love them too. They're they're one of those teams that you just they they pull it out plus they're they're an interstate team. We really don't have that much of a rivalry with them unless we we're playing them. So I mean I really don't look for them to, to fail, but I mean I, I almost nothing them at times. <laughs> so <laughs> But that's just me. We still we're still better in hockey than you. We know that for sure. Hockey, I don't even touch. It's debatable. <laughs> I mean, well, they, what, they went 10, 10 straight. Flyers, yeah. yeah. 10 straight, they did it. And then uh, lost that one game. That was that was, that was was a hard one. Well, it's, a lot of their games are like that. They, you know, they, they went on that 10-game that winning streak, and that was all well and good. But, you know, when they did lose – before that, they were all heartbreakers. So that's just what they do. Well, that's what all Philly sports do. Well, yeah, but Flyers specifically, that's that's how they are. I haven't really caught up on the Sixers since uh, since we spoke last. There's there's always something going on with the Sixers. Their front office is so screwed up. You know, the whole Nerlens Noel situation, you know, Brett Brown moving him down to Ben saying he's not going to be in a regular rotation. Joel Embiid just came out and said that he wants to see how it would be to play with them. He wants he thinks he can get the best out of them. So that's just you know another sticky situation in the front office of a Philadelphia team. I mean it's pretty much status quo for all four of them. We really that surprised? No, I'm not because when you have a logjam of big men or at any position, if you have six guards, I mean you don't need six guards. You know, it's it's what it comes down to. It's it's a, any sport. You know, when the Phillies had the four aces and Joe Blanton, you know, I, uh, the four aces and four of Chubbs. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but you know, they they eventually stunted some of the guys in the minor leagues' growth because they went out and spent that money on you know guys that weren't going to leave the rotation because they were that good. There was a logjam. Yeah. So that's and then they get old, and you know the guys that you thought were going to come up and do well don't. So I mean that's. With any situation, I mean, Nerlens Noel was a first-round pick. If you, you're not going to do anything with him, why did you take him? You know, the, everything that they've done, like everybody praises Hinky and all this, but everything that they've done has been, you know, questionable at best. Yeah, I mean, I can't really get too much, you know, dove into the Sixers without getting frustrated, you know, because you and I, we talked about, you know, the Sixers possibly moving. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they are owned by a jersey. You know, by the same person that owns the Jersey Devils, so that tells you something right there. The loyal team in the front office may not be as loyal as you think it is. Well, that's across the board. Any sport, any sport, you, you know, the, there's guys that are loyal to specific people. There's guys that, that actually really care about the players, and then there's guys that are only looking out for themselves and see how far they can move up in the in the organization. I mean, look well, at the Eagles, Howie Roseman's. Best friends with Jeffrey Lurie. That's the only reason he even had a second chance at getting his job back. Yeah, so I agree with that too. That's posturing. That's all it is. He did make a lot of moves to try to do do right this time around, 
he did, but and some of them are still remain to be seen. Some of them are just didn't work, and you know that's with anything. But the, you know everybody was praising him. He was GM of the year. He ended up getting a first round pick for Sam Bradford, which everybody thought was totally out of question. So I mean that's that's something. But you know free agency is where they strike out the most. The draft is awful most of the time. They're lucky if they get one guy that comes out of it. So. I don't know. Everything that they're doing remains to be seen. I can't comment too much because it's still a work in progress. It's still only this first year. Well, it's if you think about it, Howie, other than you know the brief stint that he had before, is really in his first year of being a GM. Now, then you have your first year head coach, then you have your first year quarterback. So if that's the plan for them all to grow together, then the, yeah, this is it's way too early to have any determination of what what could be. It's still in its infancy, so you have to see what it could be in the next couple of years before you can even think that they're going to be competitive without having any repercussions. Well, at this point, I just want us to win our the re- remaining of our division games. Is it's the likelihood is that may not be, but uh, we got the Giants tomorrow. Yep. And then, uh, and they're on the home field, so I, w- I, you know, home field, you always want to win, but well, yeah, want to protect your home, home turf. Yeah, I would rather have at this point just you know, get some other guys some some decent playing time, you know, get the get the reps in, do that, you know. That's why I I don't understand why they're even playing Lane Johnson. They know what they can get out of him. I would rather see them play somebody else that's younger that they are is unproven or they want to see more of like uh, Isaac Simoello or something like that but you know hey I also want to see Carson Wentz get as much protection as possible too so I guess that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah I I just want I want to like the the wide receivers that we don't normally play I want them out there and 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 you know test the, the boundaries that see what we can do and you may see more of that you may see more tregs you may see more, more paul turner but you know they are what they are all of them are, are what they are they're mediocre at best what was it uh, c plus b minus players easily uh, b minus is pushing it for jordan matthews and, and after that it's a big drop off to the next best guy that they have yeah well unless you're playing madden well if you're playing madden that's different <laughs> so would wide receiver be first round for the Eagles, yeah. um, well, we don't have a first. round. I don't know. Well, they do. They have, well, we don't uh, have a first. round. They have Minnesota's first round pick. Oh, uh, that's right. So, I mean, they're they're going to be middle of the road, like high high teens, low twenties for the most part. So, or do you trade that pick and get more picks? I could see how we doing something like that, but I honestly think that Stay you need you somehow. need you need need. I can't stress enough need a cornerback. A shut down cornerback. Yeah, you need receivers. That's obvious. You can get one in free agency. You can still draft one in the lower rounds because it's always fairly deep at receiver. You, you find can take gems. A look at the other teams' practice squads and see you know what they're doing. Yeah, there's there's always options like that. Like you can fill holes. You just have to fill them with the right guys, and that's what they failed to do this year because they thought that. Toyo Green Beckham was going to be better than what he was, and they thought that you know Nelson Aguilar wasn't going to be the head case that he is. So they had high hopes for these guys, like these all these guys. If you think about it, are high draft picks. Everybody, every receiver on that roster, with the exception of Treggs and Turner, is a first or second round draft pick. The irony of of Turner for me was is like, um, 
two games prior to him being signed on to the Eagles, I already had him on my Madden team, <laughs> which is kind of ironic. Yeah, I mean, that, that happens because it's never truly how it is. Sometimes you can bring guys up. Sometimes you get guys that get injured. Like, I, I played an entire season where Kenyon Barner is my running back. So, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't, doesn't get much further down the depth chart than that. But um, I've been using Smallwood. Well, I didn't have a choice. All my guys got hurt. I ended up having to bring Marshall up from the practice squad. Like, oh, here you go. Yeah, like legitimate. <laughs> but um, I mean, Paul Turner, he is what he is. He's a possession guy that you know he doesn't have the speed to get separation because all these guys. I, I mentioned this before that all these guys are just not good enough. Like you can play man on every one of them and cover them. Nobody knows how to get separation. Nobody has that breakaway speed or that ability. I mean, DGB should be able to jump out the building, especially when he's going against a guy that's like 5'9". Yeah, he, he gets draped on every play. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Wentz should just be able to toss it right up to him. Yeah, easily. And that never happens. We haven't had a guy that could do that since Harold Carmichael. Just like Larry Fitzgerald or like Anquan Bolden. Well, you're talking about, you know, very good to elite receivers, and Eagles have... None of that. They don't even have any yeah, of that. He, in... he shows the talent whenever he does catch the ball. Who's that? DGB? Yeah. Yeah, when he does catch the he, ball. He does. He has the catch and run. He has the man up. I'll take the ball from him. Yeah, but him. being a clutch player is being a clutch player. Being yeah. not, you know, having a clutch moment is not being a clutch player. There's a big difference in the two statements. Well, I, I don't even think you need him to be a clutch player. You just need consistency. If you could have gotten consistency out of any one of your receivers other than Jordan Matthews, you would not be in the situation that you're in. You wouldn't. You could if Nelson Aguilar would have caught some of those balls. If if you know he took a real step back this year. He did. He took a huge step back this year, and I don't understand what it is because I mean he was. It's not like they took a spot away from him. He he was the starting receiver. So they didn't do anything but change the offense, and the offense should have been much more simple for him as an outside receiver in a, you know, a derivative of the West Coast offense. Yeah. So I mean, it's not that hard. It's all in his. The ball hits his hands. It's not like he can't always not get open. Like yeah, there's, he does get open. He does get open, but he drops the ball. So I mean, and DGB's thing is he just doesn't get open all the time. He doesn't. He doesn't give a hundred percent. If he gave a hundred percent effort, he'd be a different player. Jordan Matthews is what he is. He's solid. He's never going to wow you. He's never going to have that breakaway speed. He's never going to have. He's never going to get to that elite status. No, that, and that's okay. That star status, and that's okay. But he's still a solid receiver. He's still, you know, near. If he's not over a thousand yards, he's near a thousand yards for the season. You know, he has the most catches on the team. You know, and with a weapon like Zach Ertz and him, and if they had, like I said, any any one other player step up then they would have had something. Zach Ertz got hot at the wrong time. Always does. That's his ML. He earns his money at the end of the year. And not getting hit. Yep. It's, it, it's, it's more evident. The more and more you watch football, there's guys making quote-unquote business decisions. Not blocking somebody, you know, not taking a hit, not try, diving for a ball or putting themselves in harm's way. And I get it. It's a vicious game and with a lot of repercussions if you get hurt. But, you know, it's... It's still a game. You got to step up your game. Sometimes it's ridiculous. All right. So, what about your team? What are you going to do for uh, picks, defense, offense? Picks, picks defense, offense. 
Well, you had mentioned you wanted a, a secondary in the first round, right? Yeah, sec- sec- secondary, first round. Then I would go offensive line, second round. Probably uh, another tackle or a left guard. Get one of those hybrid guys. Yeah. You know, because that, that, more and more that's what you're, you're seeing coming out. Yeah, you do Offense see that and defense. Offense and defense. Guys that can play any position on the offensive line. And then running back probably third round. Uh, I'd definitely address the defensive line. Definitely is another big issue. You guys get you got a couple guys getting older and then a couple guys who aren't really what you need. You need something a little more. You need another more push. Not saying that these guys can't get coached. But you need somebody who's a star. You need someone who will fill a hole. Especially in a 3-4 defense, you need that big guy. And I think that that is a problem for them this year. You need a James Harrison in his prime on that defense, a playmaker, a Troy Palomalu, guys that can step up and make plays when, when you need to. Yeah, and the past couple linebackers that they draft, drafted early in the draft haven't really panned out like Bud Dupree and Jarvis Jones. I mean, they're solid players, but they're not – James Harrison, they're not uh, James Farrier, they're not the the what you think of Steelers defense the past couple of years. Past couple of years in in their existence, the well, Steelers have always had ridiculous too, linebackers. But if you're gonna go in recent history. You guys took a big hit when these guys left. Oh yeah, and they didn't fill the and holes. They, they really, they literally had to crawl back to James Harrison to come back, and luckily he became. Or is still the, a good player. Yeah, he's not going to take every snap. But when he's in there, he's brushing the quarterback, and he still does it with, just like the rest of them, the best. Well, I mean, that that position as a whole, you don't see or hear many players that really excel in that position that last a long time. Like, in the last five years, middle linebacker, outside linebacker, or inside linebacker, who would you say that you recognize? On any team, it means recognize. There's there's guys that I know that are elite players that have been elite for a long time. Would you just give me names? Luke Keekley, um, what's his name? Uh, Mack from uh, Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack from the the Raiders. Uh, let's see, Sean Lee. Sean Lee. There's Cowboys. another one. Cowboys. He's been doing it for. He, he's, Timmons, he's injury prone. Lawrence he's been, Timmons. He's been doing it for ten years. Navarro Bowman. All right, so go back fifteen years. Oh. Zach Thomas. Uh, Junior Seau. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. Uh, Jeremiah Trotter was a really good linebacker. John mm-hmm. Beeson. I mean, there's there's guys Brad, that yeah Brian Erlacher yeah Brian Erlacher I mean Lance Briggs yeah there was a ton of guys and then you had the beginnings of Joey Porter yeah like guys that were Porter, that, that started to be Porter. those hybrid guys like him the Jason Taylor you know guys that could rush the passer but as a defensive end could also stand up and cover you know you had Trent Cole in there Hugh yeah. Douglas those guys were. Really good at what they Hugh did. Douglas, I miss Trent Cole. I miss Hugh, obviously, but yeah, I miss Trent Cole. I thought he brought a lot of leadership to the team. But yeah, I mean, linebacker is a necessity on on a winning team. Yeah, I mean, even if you look at the Patriots, they've always had at least one 
really, really good linebacker right now. Like they have Rob Ninkovich, they've had Mike Vrabel, you know, Teddy Bruschi, Willie McGinnis. Like they had linebackers that were really good and solid and and played in well in the system. And that's the other thing too. You build. You don't always have to try to plug guys into your system. Sometimes you need to build systems around the talent that you have. And Bill Belichick is is a coach that recognizes that. I hate right, the so, I hate the Patriots, but he knows what to do. Yeah, he does know what to do. So I'm going to give you this this question. In in the era of the NFL of today, who would you compare that position, who plays that position now, to Lawrence Taylor or Mike Singletary? Who would be your currently? Team? Currently, as far as pass rushing ability, Khalil Mack. Okay, he can turn it on. He turns it on at the right time. Um, but he doesn't really strike that much fear as Lawrence Taylor did from that position. Um, now, granted, it was a different era of football. Yeah, obviously. So you had like a little bit more. Middle linebacker, I mean, I'd have to say Keekly. Keekly's a game changer. He really yeah. is. I mean, you also have Clay Matthews, who's a decent outside linebacker who, you know. I remember te- that team- one year when he was wearing that club. Yeah, yeah. He, he was pounding people with that. And, you know. Julius Peppers was playing at a high level for a long time from that position, transferred from a defensive end. So, I mean, it's it's tough to compare anybody to. I mean, you just said two of the greatest linebackers of yep. the position ever, so it's, it's hard to compare anybody to that. Well, I'm I'm giving a modern-day era comparison. So, like, I think Von Miller would be in that conversation. Von Miller too. has to be in that conversation, yeah. Okay. Without him, the, the Broncos. The Broncos would probably big hole. never won. They have a big hole. Okay. I just wanted to throw it out there. The linebacker needs to be the quarterback of the defense. They see all. They see the offense. They see what they're running. They get the call. I agree. They're they're in the perfect spot to call all the defense and uh, to call the the defensive plays and the structure and the and they should be able to 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 recognize the play that's going to be happening for the most part. Let me think about it. When when you're a kid and you're playing on the street and you know everybody's getting ready. I'm gonna I'm gonna play wide receiver. I'm gonna play quarterback. The first position anybody wants to play on defense is middle linebacker. It's the reason. The reason why. Are we getting a phone call? Is that on the line? Call. Oh, it wasn't on the line. Oh. <laughs> wah, wah. Well, wah. right now we are live uh, for Projangers and Wallhangers. From Chris Bristow's living room. <laughs> <laughs> From the living room. Live and direct. The number you can call is 484-712-0067. You can also text that number and we'll be able to uh uh you'll be able to like push any topics or anything like that and we'll be able to answer those. Feel free. All right, so on to anything else sports related before we you know, switch topics. Uh, sports related as in what? I'm trying to set this phone up somewhere. You can move that laptop any way you want to make it prop. You can even close it halfway. Uh, uh. There you go. That's not working. That's not working. Hold on. Put the beer down. Put the beer down. Put the beer down. That's what I was trying to avoid. Podcast in progress. 
All right, so while you guys are doing that, I'm going to pull up, as I do with everything. So, former smoker. I know you guys still smoke, so I saw this little interesting factoid of, you know, smokers in various different states versus, like, New York City, Pennsylvania, Delaware. So, the cost of a pack of cigarettes in Virginia right now is $5.25. Okay? The the most expensive state is New York and they cost $12.85. Damn. Pennsylvania's got to be up there cuz I know they're like 10 something in Philly. Uh Pennsylvania is $6.85 on average. Wow. Not in Philly. <laughs> Not in Philly because no, they, they have the, they have the tax, school tax. But I just thought it was just something interesting to see, you know, hearing the, the, the disparity between states and how they look at nicotine as a, as a product. Gotcha. By the way, I'm now live on my phone watching your phone be live. So now we're really doing live Inception. <laughs> Facebook Live Projangers and Wallhangers Inception wonder if anybody ever did this before Maybe they already have And we never knew Maybe this already happened Is that the blue pill or the red pill It's both That's what happens when you take both Shit that's something to fuck on about <laughs> People watching people responding All right, so as I always do, I always bring up like interesting stuff or some hot button topics, and I came across this like a couple of little facts. Um, so one of these facts that I found is Oxford University is actually older than the Aztec Empire. How is that even possible? I don't know. It doesn't really go into great detail. It just says it's older than the Aztec Empire. And then you click on it, and then it makes you do some sort of uh, survey. Where? And then it wants you to buy an Amazon. You can win an Amazon gift card if you buy a certain amount of things. That's probably what that is, bro. Probably. Look, Amazon deals is right underneath of it. <laughs> yes, it is. And, <laughs> yeah. and my live session just went dead. Oh, is that, is that a Galaxy Note? Oh. Yeah. Hope uh, it doesn't catch about, on fire. <laughs> it's about to. Meanwhile, my iPhone. my phone. Hi, guys. Still going strong. So, for those of you who've just joined us on uh, my Facebook Live, we are recording our session of Projangers and Wallhangers. Got my brother here, Chris Leahy, in Chris Bristol's living room. Look, you can see his lovely Christmas tree. Chris, say hi to my friends and family. Hi, friends and family. So, anyway... Yeah, check out our podcast on uh, it's Projangers and Wallhangers. We're on Facebook. We are on Twitter. Hit us up on SoundCloud, uh, iTunes. Just uh, listen to us bullshit about bullshit, pretty much. But we have fun. Drink some birds. All right, well, my phone has to charge. Uh-oh. All right. Well, what was your next topic, sir? You're the topic man. So when the first Star Wars came out... I was waiting for it. I'm so happy. Star Wars. When the first Star Wars came out, 
France was still executing people by guillotine when the first original Star Wars came out. I somehow believe that because France is kind of behind the times on stuff. But yeah, that's that's pretty crazy. That's that's pretty wild to think that you were getting lopped off at the head by by you know, and watching a galaxy far far away for the first ten seconds of yeah. your life. Yeah, a long time ago, a long time ago in a galaxy. So if stuff was happening long time with lightsabers and people were still getting their heads chopped off by a guillotine, that's crazy. Those things were happening at the same time. We're the ones who are behind. It, we're so behind. We should have a Death Star by now, dude. Speaking of which, <laughs> go right. ahead. I know you've I know you've been chomping at the bit for the Star Wars Rogue One, Rogue One. Yeah, but but I will be. You know, so it's something that Linda and I can. Are, I just say I won't. I'm not, I don't want to talk too much about it because I know you haven't seen it yet, and we'll have another time to talk about it. But Jen Erso, I love you. <laughs> That's it. That's all I'm gonna say. You're you're my new favorite woman. Star Wars, sorry Ray, but yeah, it was it was really good. I liked it, and then you got to go watch New Hope after it. Once you watch it, go watch New Hope, and everything will just open up. You'll be like, "Wow, everything makes sense about things." Change the meaning of life, as you know. Yeah, you have no idea, no All idea. You know Star Wars, you don't. You think you know, but you have no idea. Your phone turned off again. Yes, it did. <laughs> My phone's acting very weird now. So you, this is not a uh, an advertisement for Galaxy Note 5s, or Sprint, for that matter. That's a failure. It is a fail. It is a very big fail. Oh, well. Guess I'll go get my phone fixed. You're, you're an IT guy. Fix it yourself. I can't turn this off and turn it back on. It's not that simple. Control Alt Delete, man. Fixes everything. All right. So, another interesting fact. I know we're gonna touch on. You can touch on Star Wars all you want. Interrupt me as you please. I mean, I touch on Star Wars any day of the week. This little fact: for every human. There are 1.6 million ants. That's a lot of ants. And the total weight of all the ants, however, is the same as all the humans. So, if we destroyed all the ants... (laughs) No, no, hear me out. If we destroyed all the ants, the Earth would then not spin correctly on its axis because we would thereby be cutting the amount of people and ants weight in half. Yes. Stop killing ants, people. That's the problem. It's not global warming. We're killing too many ants. <laughs> Public service announcement. Now, all, all the all the women would love this, and they would probably want to go to Jupiter and, and uh, Saturn after this, because there it rains diamonds. Really? Diamonds are a girl's best friend. They are. Wow. Uh, and let's see. What's next? Uh, oh, okay. So this one. Your chances of being killed by a vending machine are actually twice as large 
as your chance of being bitten by a shark? I see I you tipping I over. I don't want to know. I see you tipping over those vending machines at work. But I, I believe that. I don't need to tip over the vending machines. I have all the same stuff. But you have better stuff. Thank you. But it makes sense because a lot of people don't go in the ocean and swim around sharks. But a lot of people eat stuff out of vending machines. They have soda vending machines. They have coffee vending machines. Damn, you can get a hamburger at a vending machine. Just saying. This one kind of... How is the question? So if you look at number 17 here. John Tyler, the 10th president of the U.S., was born in 1790. He has a grandson that is alive today. Okay, so he was born in 1790. And how old was... I need to know how old he was when he died. So say he was 20... 25 when he had his kid by the time his next kid has a kid be 20 25 so there's 50 years so you're looking at 18 wow yeah that's that's a 300 <laughs> there's a lot wow a, 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 like a straight grandson it says a straight grandson so okay so you know somebody might have been getting down in their late 60s with somebody a little bit younger you know what I'm saying? Because back then, stuff like that was commonplace. Yeah, it, it was commonplace. So it could have been an older gentleman, like later in in life, that has sex with more more than likely he he you know yeah like they father they all did the same thing. They all waited till they were on their deathbed, fathered a kid. <laughs> wow. Like I got you in me. Wow, that's insane. <laughs> that wow, that's that's really insane. You stupid people. I'm sorry. I can't read your comments. I don't know who's commenting. Probably nobody because I'm corny. All right. So this one. Now, this one is just a little side note. This says New York City is, is farther south than Rome, Italy. I guess a latitude, longitude, it makes sense. Because you're always looking at a map when it's flat. But it actually needs to be rounded, and once you curve it, it makes sense. Now, I didn't find any like weird other stories or anything like that, and nothing about uh, you know fighting grandmas or anything like that. <laughs> Most. Uh, what else do I have? I know I bookmarked one more thing. Always with the computer stuff. Always with the computers. I just have stuff in my mind. Dumb laws, stupid laws. That's the other thing I bookmarked. All right, let me have them. I'm trying to find one that was actually... Oh, in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, it is illegal to own a stink bomb. Hmm. That's weird. I really don't have a comment on it. That's just weird. So in Clemson, South Carolina, 
People who make ugly faces at dogs may be fined or jailed. (laughs) (laughs) Who came up with some of these laws in these states? It's ridiculous. So in the United Kingdom, it is illegal to walk a cow down Lake Road. Well, yeah. Have you been down Lake Road? It's really skinny. (laughs) Skinny cow? Skinny cow, yeah. Has to be skinny cow. So in Galesburg, Illinois, men may not spit in front of the opposite sex. But women can spit in front of men? Is that what you're telling me? (laughs) Apparently so. All right. So that was obviously something that was done back in the 1600s when it was just guys in charge. So in Prince William County... In Virginia, a license is required to keep a lunatic. Well, it's a good thing that you don't live there. Because <laughs> then Linda would have to have one. That's, She's <laughs> got her unofficial official license. But you got to keep... Uh, you got to have a license to keep a lunatic. You'd have to be a lunatic to want to keep a lunatic. That's what a marriage license is. Woo! <laughs> 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 So in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, so right, right down south, right, right down the pike, no person shall change clothes in his or her vehicle. Okay, I'll buy that. And, and where's that Rehoboth? Rehoboth. I can probably name a few people that have broken that law. <laughs> I, I believe I might have been one of them. Wow. So in Freeport, Illinois, it is illegal to expectorate from any second story window, so you can't shit out a window. <laughs> but, well, but only on the anyway. only on the second floor. <laughs> only on the, se- <laughs> on the second only floor. On the second floor. Third floor you're good. Yeah. <laughs> Third floor you're good. First floor totally fine. <laughs> and anything above is just perfect. Oh. Where is this one? So, in California, and they're always progressive. California. Kites may not be flown above 10 feet over the ground. Well, yeah, because the seagulls are like the size of pterodactyls out there. So, they'll just come and swoop and start taking people away. It's like sky fishing. Especially with rice. <laughs> oh, God. Come on. Come on, man. So in Lee County, uh-huh. doesn't say the state, uh-huh. it is illegal to sell peanuts in Lee County after sundown on Wednesday. I love the specifics. It's very specific. You know why? Somebody's probably a peanut vendor, a late night peanut vendor who happened to be in office and they were like, you know what? I need to, you know, get more sales. So you're not allowed to sell after 6 o'clock. I bet you planners has something to do with it. Mr. Peanut. That's all Mr. Peanut's doing. It is. Maybe he's salty. Oh, he's definitely salty. Chocolate salty balls. <laughs> Chocolate salty balls. <laughs> 
Speaking of balls. Uh, so only in Wisconsin. You ready for this one? Condoms were considered an obscene article and had to hidden behind the pharmacist counter. Okay. So how many people were actually just having unprotected sex and they probably had kids all over the place? Because too embarrassing to go in and buy condoms. Probably a lot of Catholic Christians down there. A lot of wasps. So, in Iowa, ministers must obtain a permit to carry their liquor across state lines. Ministers? Ministers. Specifically ministers. You know why? There's probably priests running stuff in Prohibition. Moonshine. Moonshine. They were shining. They were definitely shining. They were they were d- delivering the devil's the devil's fruitcake. Interesting little movie fact about Pulp Fiction: all the clocks in Pulp Fiction say four twenty. They do. I actually knew that one. I did know that one. Quentin Tarantino's the man. So is Doctor Seuss. Because he won this bet with another person. Dr. Seuss wrote Green Eggs and Ham to win a bet against his publisher who thought that he could not complete a book with only 50 words. His words were so perfectly placed that he only needed 50. That's pretty awesome. That is a pretty awesome little fact. What kind of a bet is that? I wonder what was on the, the line. I can't, you know, he's like, I'm going to bet my publisher that I'm going to write the most, you know, not only recognized book, but children's book in 50 words. Not 50 words or less. Mm -hmm. Not 50 words or more. Just 50 words. That is awesome. It's impressive. I've written written essays that were 100 times longer than Green Eggs and Ham. (laughs) Oh, here's another one. Russia didn't consider beer to be alcohol until 2011. It was previously classified as a soft drink. I love it. I wish I would have lived there at that time. The drinking age is like seven over there, too. It's reckless. That's awesome. I'll take reckless all day. Vladimir Putin. One person watching. We're going to go away. Bye-bye. Well, that's all I really got for uh, for this one. This is the last one I have as far as this little segment here. So when St. Louis held the 1904 Summer Olympic Games, events including greased pole climbing, rock throwing, and mud fighting. <laughs> those were the events. Really? Those are the events? Would you succeed? Would no, you I would fail. Would fail. <laughs> I have no physical skills at all. <laughs> what I have is no skills at all. But I will find you, and I will not use them. <laughs> the innocence. You see, he did a bit 
as acting like he was for, he was going to play a role as Santa. I that was great. I that he on just, Facebook. He just kept going back to, I will find you. I will kill you. And just checking it twice. No, that's twice. not what Santa would say. <laughs> maybe, maybe a little more jolly? <laughs> that was an interesting one. Thank you to everybody that followed that little snippet of us live on my page. So I've got 82 views on mine. I dig it. Check us out. Chris Christo. I'm still doing weird stuff. All right. Well, I had my phone recording. Cool. All right. It's my battery power now. No, only 9%. So, Chris, did you have anything that you wanted to talk about? You came all this way. I mean, I, I meant, sorry. Oh, him, him. Chris, my brother, who's never been on a podcast before and decided to come for the ride with me to hang out. And Anything you, you want to talk about? Star Wars, video games, anything you're excited about for the new year? Movies? Movies, definitely. Yeah. Mar- the Marvel movies and yeah. DC, DC movies. Need a beer? Beer? Excited about the movies coming yeah, out? Yeah, the superhero movies are going to be awesome coming out. Yeah, I agree. What's the first one out of the out of the gate in the new year? I do not know. You can look that up real quick, though. You got Wonder Woman coming out soon. Yes, I believe that's the first one. Is it? Thank you, sir. You want to say just let me know? Thank you, sir. Superhero movies 2017. All right, so let's see. Well, Lego Batman movie comes out February. That actually looks pretty funny. That looks amazing, actually. So that's the first one. Second one is Logan, March 3rd. I am uh, waiting for Logan. Logan is going to be fantastic. I'm excited that they went the rated R route because it should have been. Old Man Logan, his whole storyline is so gory. So it's only fitting. I like the I like the trailers that they used so far with Johnny Cash and yeah yeah uh, that was very fitting, very very fitting. Yeah, it's, it's has that dark feel. It, it's it's like a man who's pretty much at the end of his rope. And I like that. You get to see that side of him. And after that sad movie, for the most part, you get Guardians of the Galaxy, May fifth. Now that's gonna be. A killer movie. Yeah, we watched that trailer. That yes. What was it? Two episodes ago. Yes. Uh, that was that was a lot of fun. Just watching that, just that little little snippet. It's supposed to pick up right where I left off. Yeah, yeah. There's like as soon as they took off at the end, it's yeah. supposed to like take right from there. So I don't know, I'm I'm excited for yeah, that one. Be- I've been excited for that one because I think Guardians was the first one was an awesome movie. All right, then Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman is actually June second. June second. Yes. Now, I don't want to say that that movie has to be great, but it kind of does. Oh, yeah, it definitely has to be great. If it, this is going to be the what, um they're giving her the they're giving her a solo movie, then they're going to give is it is it then um in, uh, then uh, I think it's Flash. Justice League or is it Flash? Oh, no, 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 it's Justice League. Yeah, Justice, Justice League, League part 1 and then I think there's a Flash in between 
the two Justice League movies. Yeah, that sounds right. But well, yeah, they need they need this kickstart because especially with people having mixed views on Superman versus Bat Batman versus Superman. I've heard a lot of mixed reviews on it. I know I personally liked it, but I'm biased. A lot of people don't like it. No, I I uh I think that the uh it needs to it not it, only needs to give an origin to Wonder Woman, it needs to set up for the rest of the universe. Well, DC which is what Marvel does pretty well. Now DC needs to incorporate that into its own world. DC has started over so many times with different franchises like they need this one to stick, like they need this this time like there are people that thought maybe Wonder Woman should have came out before Batman versus Superman. But if this is the route that they're going to do it, okay, great. But if the next movie you have after this is Justice League, that means Wonder Woman has to be pretty awesome. So, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. I'm not too thrilled about the trailer. I don't really think that it's that impressive, but it doesn't mean that the actual story isn't bad. It almost had the feel of the first Captain America movie. What, the kind of the... That because like, like it's like old school it takes place like old times like the World yeah. War Two stuff like that, but it just has that that same type of feel. I'm more. Let's see, I want the. I know there's a lot of expectations because DC needs does need to hit this out of the park because Marvel's killing it right now. Yep, and they're killing it everywhere, but. Marvel's also doing it right because they have other mediums that they're doing it on. Now, I, granted, they're doing DC has Gotham, but that's on Fox, and and that's you know kind of like the backstory. That's not really getting into the the quintessential you know, characters of the Justice League, and we need the stories. And not not that I don't like the CW version of of Flash and Arrow, but. Those two I, li- people. I liked Arrow, not Flash. And, I don't really like the actor for Flash. He doesn't catch me as a good Barry Allen. And that, uh, you know, the uh, League of uh, what? League of Tomorrow. Uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah. So. And then Supergirl's on CW. Now yeah, which switched move, from move, CBS. Yes, yeah, CBS. They already had a crossover. They had a crossover with Flash. They had a crossover with Arrow. And then they had a crossover with Legends of Tomorrow. Which that fight scene, given, I'll give it credit, was one of the best fight scenes I've seen on a sitcom TV show between oh, wow. all the characters involved. It wasn't too overbearing. Um, you know, I didn't see the whole episode because, you know, I don't watch Legends of Tomorrow religiously. Because yeah, right. I'm not... As vested into, you know, the DCCW version of it, I'm vested more into, you know, the, the Marvel movie, the universe. movie version. What's that? The, well, that's DC, DC Universe. All oh, that's DC, but I'm more vested into the Marvel side with Netflix and right, 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 right. Daredevil and and uh, you know Punisher Jessica Jones, comes out. And yeah, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage. Yeah. You know, I'll actually you know. Set aside time to watch that. Well, they're all great. That's why. You know, Smart. whereas whereas I don't care if I miss an episode of Flash 
or Arrow or Legends of Tomorrow because I do have Netflix. It you know the seasons will go on Netflix. That's exactly what I and do. I can just I punch just through them. I just wait. That's what I'm doing right now. I went back because I have Hulu for the next three months because I got the card off of GameStop. So I got Hulu for like the next three months. Uh, so I went back and I actually started watching Smallville all the way through. Oh, you've been a Smallville fan for a long time. Well, yeah, and I've been I've been working on it for a while now, and then I stopped for a little bit, and then now that I, when I saw it was on Hulu, I picked back up. And I'll tell you, since, since I was before I started watching Smallville, I was watching Arrow. It's totally different. Smallville's so much better. They they really took in the comparison. These new DC CW shows are not good. They don't grasp you into the show. Like I literally lose time watching these shows or the Smallville episodes. See, I watched Arrow, the the three seasons of Arrow. And I like the Green Arrow. Don't get me wrong. I, I mean, I used to love that show. I used to watch it religiously. Now I now I just wait for it to come out on Netflix. And that's that's how I watched it. I watched it straight through on Netflix. You know, I finished three seasons easier in, that way. in a month. Well, yeah, it is much easier that way. Plus, it, it helps keep you intrigued in it, too. Because you're like, all right, I could just watch the next one. I'll have to wait a week. When you're like, oh, oh, I'm missing the, I'm missing the episode. Oh, no big deal. Well, this way you yeah. can watch it at your leisure. But um, yeah, it's well, he's he's a little biased because he's like in a, the greatest Superman fan there ever was. <laughs> so I mean, when it comes to Smallville and, and all that kind of stuff, he's like I said, he's watched all of them. So, but getting back to the list here, after Wonder Woman, Spider Man Homecoming is July seventh. Now with this one. This this Marvel movie intrigues me because this movie actually needs to be the best because they really need to bring Spider-Man back to being like the popular big figure that he is because I feel like he kind of dropped off with Amazing Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man 2. I mean, I, I thought personally they were okay movies, but... Especially now that Marvel owns these rights, they need this movie to go up. Because especially if DC is trying to go up, they're now comp- they're now facing each other with ratings because now Marvel's going into phase what three now. Yeah, yep. and a lot of actors don't want to continue on, so they have to build a new going forth after Infinity War. Well, it also has. It all it, starts with Spider Man. It also, yeah, it's it, it's. Gearing it more towards the younger generation, too, with, like, a kid that's in high school, you know, trying to learn his way, whereas everything else is full-blown adults. And, yeah, it's cool, you know, they still have the superpowers and stuff like that, but those movies are are not for children children. Like, they're they're more geared towards people of our age and a little bit younger, a little bit older, whatever, but around our age, those movies are the action movies and they have the back storylines and stuff like that that we all look for. Whereas, you know, a kid's wants to see a kid, you know, they, they see another kid doing, they're like, well, I could, that, that could be me. You well, know what I mean? mean? They relate a little bit better. I don't know if you remember, you know, the cartoon series back when it was on. Fox oh yeah. On Saturday. Oh, yeah absolutely. Saturday morning TV, man. Absolutely. You know, they, you know, you know, we were spoiled back in the day, man. We had what well, X-Men and then we had uh amazing Spider-Man. Yep. We, we, you know, and 
those those literations of Spider-Man, Venom, Carnage during note that during that era of TV. I remember I was like I was hooked when they introduced Venom. I was like, finally they're going to introduce the yes. black suit. And then like you know, five episodes later he had to he had to separate it from it. And then you know and then Brock, you know, how he you know became embedded with the suit. And then right. and it was, you know, I was a it kid, was, thirteen. It was great. It was awesome. Lighting. You know, I enjoyed it. I recorded it well on my VCR. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Watched it later. We had those things the library back in the day. of cassette tapes. <laughs> it takes up a lot recorded of recorded in an EP, so I can sit, you know, fit six hours of recording on them. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, finding and then going back and trying to relive that. You, you, those show, those shows still hold up. Those cartoon series still hold up because. Like the movies now, the same people who are making the TV shows are now having a, a, a hand in the movies, or they were, or they were inspired by those cartoon series. So now you see the product of that in the Marvel universe. Yes, absolutely. It, it definitely gives it more of a fresher feel. You know, when you see the aliens, you get that the more updated. You know. You feel like it's something you that get, could happen you, now. You get the obvious facelift. As opposed facelift. to 20 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. You get the obvious facelift. CGI, you know, all the, the cool effects and stuff like that. Because, you know, our our minds are a tricky thing because you look back and look watching those cartoon series. They were, they were awesome. They were having all these explosions and and, uh, and effects. And, and, and they uh, were funny. And they had the little quips. They, they had the little quips that they're putting in there and now. And the actors that they had doing doing the voiceovers for them they were fresh they were on point it's everything that you would picture that character to be and you know how it was drawn how the character even looked down to the detail now even though it was just you know semi-cell shaded it was just the details were there now granted you know you know 10 13 15 years old your your mind's going to be like thinking it's the best thing so when you go and relive them now when you're like 30 35 40 even at 21 you're gonna you're gonna still remember have that nostalgia, but then a little realism is gonna set in. So when you now watch the movies, you're now getting the byproduct of what you saw when you were a kid. It's grown up version. It's grown up versions of the cartoons that we watch. It's live action. You know what I mean? I like. I really like the the way that they've done, especially in the Marvel universe. I really like the way that they've done a lot of these things, a lot of these movies, because. It's they're like I said they're believable. I believe that you know certain things could happen. That there could be a guy that could build this suit. You know what I mean? That Black well, Widow. I, I believe Black Widow exists. Robert Downey Jr. kind of kicked it off. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And granted, at the time, like he only took I think he only took like three hundred fifty to five hundred thousand for his first movie in Iron Man, because you know it, he. As you remember, he was just consistently going in and out of rehab. His name was kind of sullied because of everything he did in the in his past. But it was because of that movie that everybody fell in love with him again. Well, do you know the first time that he showed up as Tony Stark? No, I don't. The Hulk movie. The Eric Bana Hulk movie. At the end. No, I'm sorry. It was the Edward Norton one. At the end of it, the Edward Norton 
Hulk movie. At the very end, the post credit scene. Say, it's a post credit scene. He's, t- he's sitting there talking to uh, the general at the end of it. So Sam Neill's character. Yes. Okay. Not Sam Neill. Um. Not Sam Neill. What the hell are you doing to me? Man, I, I he was remember. in Tombstone. Uh, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. That's it. Sam Elliott. But yeah. Yeah, that's the first time he, he, he appears as... He's just talking like this all the time. That's the first time he appears as... Tony Stark. Tony Stark. And so. credit to John Favreau for bringing that vision of Iron Man. Absolutely. Because it was it was him saying he wanted... Oh, he him. needed... He needed Robert Downey. I can't picture anybody else ever taking that spot. No. No, I can't picture anybody else. No, like now, it's... now, like you're talking, like you know, that's 2004, 2005 is mm-hmm. when the first Iron Man came out. Second one was was awesome. Third oh, one yeah. was was a, a little bit of a miss, in my opinion. <laughs> third one, yeah, third one was. I think that was the just worst kind of, of like, the series. I but... think that was just kind of a throw together story between, you know, Avengers. Yeah, and then Iron Man three. Then you had like Thor movie, which that was halfway decent. Well, speaking of Thor, after Homecoming is the next Thor, Thor Ragnarok. So far away. It's so far. It's November 3rd, 2017. Oh, my God. We're going to stop right there and uh, take a little break. Uh, We're going to split this uh, long episode into two parts. uh, And I'm going to throw something uh, Christmas-oriented in here. Uh, Everybody have a safe holiday. uh, And God bless. Hi, I'm Jim Meskimen, and this is uh, "Twas the Night Before Christmas" by Clement Clark Moore. "Twas the night before Christmas, when all through the house not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that Saint Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of sugar plums." danced in their heads and mama in her kerchief and I hide my cap had just settled down for a long winter's nap when out on the lawn there arose such a clatter I sprang up from my bed to see what was the matter way to the window I flew like a flash tore open the shutters threw up the sash the moon on the breast of the new fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. And what to my wondering eye should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With uh, a little old driver so lively and quick, I, I knew uh, in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his coursers, they came and they whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donder and Blitzen. To the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before a wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle, mount to the sky. So up to the housetop the coursers they flew, with the sleigh full of toys. And St. Nicholas, too. And then, in a twinkling, I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. And I drew in my hand, 
and was turning around, down the chimney, St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur, from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he'd flung on his back, and he looked just like a peddler, just opening up his pack. His, uh, his eyes, uh, how they twinkled, his, his dimples, how merry, uh, his cheeks uh, were like roses. His, his nose, Paul, I think you'd agree, uh, was like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held uh, tight in his teeth, and the smoke, uh, it encircled his head like a wreath. Uh, he had a broad face and a round little belly, and it shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, <laughs> right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him. In spite of myself. Wink of his eye and the twist of his head soon led me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word but went straight to his work and filled up all the stockings. And then he turned with a jerk and laying a finger aside of his nose and giving a nod, up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle. And away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim, ere he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas to all! And to all, a good night. From all of us to all of you. <laughs> hey! If any of you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me, I have one. I like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there in Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> <laughs>